Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. It is locked on Jazz for the 30th of November. The Jazz were just flat out brilliant last night. We'll talk about that. A weird night in the NBA as well. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. The Jazz were just terrific last night. We'll talk about it. We'll get excited about it. We'll start looking ahead. We'll get geeky. We'll get we'll get giddy. It's all good on what's happening with the Utah Jazz. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, as well as Jazz NBA Insider. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked On Jazz. It's our daily podcast on the Utah Jazz for you, available each and every day at iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use to catch it. And we thank many of you who have left a five-star review. That's just terrific. Today's show is brought to you by Simply My Simply Smarter, as well as Jamalto, two very interesting companies. Dan Spence is Utah-based on Jamalto, which is a national data protection company, but Dan's a local guy who helps you out here. My Simply Smarter is a program online to help your kids take it to the next level academically and just brain power-wise. It's really it's building brain power uh, through a wonderful online program. We'll get to those two things, tell you more about it. Jazz are home coming up here on Thursday against Miami and on Saturday against Denver. You want to see this team play right now. They are they are really good. It is it is fun to watch. That is a great way to end the month of November for the Jazz. There are some more November games, but we'll look at some November wide uh, numbers and, and what they tell us. Uh, here with the Jazz. All right, we start every single program the same way. We start it with something we call pins across the world. Please tell me. Uh, want to know your story of how you became a Jazz fan, where you listen to the show from, and it can be from anywhere. In fact, the latest one I got is from Kyle Murray, who says it's from Orem, Utah. Boring, I know. No. There's nothing boring about Orem, Utah. My name is Kyle Murray. Stick a pin in Orem, Utah. I'm a software developer working in pharmaceuticals, the father of three young budding jazz fanatics. I've been a jazz fan since Larry Bird retired. My grandpa shifted his alliance from Boston to Salt Lake and took me along for the ride. My grandparents and I would watch together, and every time my grandpa would pronounce Hornacek's name Hornacek, I would groan and remind him it was said how it was said, even though... uh, He'd mess it up, or she, oh, it's his grandma. She'd mess it up again within 15 minutes. I love those 90s teams so much and loved even more how much opposing teams feared and hated Stockton screens and Malone's elbows. They were the toughest guys on the court every time. When I was 14, I was able to go to my first jazz game uh, due to free tickets in the Upper Bowl, and I got my subscription to Jazz Fan Magazine. I was assigned to the game in 97 to the Timberwolves, where Marbury and Garnett faced down with Malone and Hornacek. Stockton was out and went into overtime, thrilling, high-scoring, uh, I've been hooked on watching them on TV, but the roller coaster mob of emotion won me over to a life of sports fan. Now as an adult, I attend several games a year with my brother. Oh, cool. And it's one of those few chances we have 
uh, to be with each other like kids again. We're able to go to the Cavs game two seasons ago when Hayward hit the shot, and I reminded him of the feeling it was like 97. Again, a mass of people screaming like we lost our minds because our guys won. Few things can be better. Uh, I believe I first heard your podcast of your podcast on the DJPK show, but I've been a daily listener since. From early hangouts to YouTube dibs, I love your insight you bring. Have warmed up to pack ratings and love how uh, Spring's surprise facts like now J.J. Redick is the most info- impactful guys like DeMar DeRozan. I listen now on my headphones as I play racquetball during lunch at the office. Gosh, everyone's got a different way. Anyway, uh, that is Kyle Murray. Uh, fabulous story. Love it. Nothing boring about being an Orem. Please send me your pin at dlock09 at gmail.com. Let's get to the tip-off story of the day. Gosh, there is so much about the Jazz performance last night to dig into, uh, and I I don't want to get caught in the weeds of it, so I'm going to try to stay big picture here to open up, and the big picture is that they just kicked their butts. Like, that game wasn't close. The Jazz were down 16-9 to at the first time out, and then... They, it was as though they had to adapt and adjust to the speed of the Rockets. And then you saw what I thought was most exciting as a Jazz fan is that every item that was a strength for the Jazz and a strength for the Rockets went the Jazz direction. So, for example, the Jazz are the number one defensive team in the NBA in transition. You actually heard John Lucas say it on Periscope. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. If you have not listened to the pregame Periscope from yesterday with John Lucas, it's the second one, please do. Please go, go, go watch it. I, I probably should have found a way to play it and put the audio on the backside of this program. I might try to see if that's possible. The audio is not great. It's a Periscope and the camera's everywhere and but it's just, yeah, we're supposed to be low-key fun, Ron and I talking, and John Lucas, the former NBA coach and player, came over, and then next thing you know, Matt Bullard came over, and then next thing you know, we were just talking all sorts of stuff, and the best line of the whole thing was we were talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and John Lucas says, do you know what his nickname was? And we're like, no. He's like, God. <laughs> so anyway, if you haven't seen that, please go. It's, it's absolutely terrific. Uh, where was I? So if you look at... Uh, the Jazz are the number one transition defensive team in the NBA. Okay? So the Jazz are holding teams to the few, least amount of transition and defending it better than anyone else. It's, it's quite a combination. And what is actually – so now the Rockets come out who want to play fast and are one of the best transition teams. And what happens? But the Jazz are better – then the Rockets at that. The Jazz did not took away the transition after that 16-9 start, and we actually played an incredibly slow pace of play game last night with about 89 possessions. I mean, un- under 90 is just crazy slow, but it was such a good offensive game you didn't notice it. So that was the first thing that jumped out to me is that here's the Jazz who allow the least amount of transition, the best transition defensive team in the league, and that was better than the Rockets, who are one of the best transition teams in the league. That, to me, was pretty exciting. Uh, The other one was that the Rockets get the most corner threes of anyone in the NBA, and the Jazz allow the fewest corner threes, and they only got five. Teams actually usually make corner threes against us because when we break down enough defensively to give one up, it's usually good luck. Uh, And uh, they didn't. 
They went one of five. So there are two areas where they're good at it, we're good at it, we're supposed to be fairly equal teams, we're on a back-to-back, and we were just much better at it than they were. It's pretty awesome uh, to look at. The, the other one that just continues is this is one of their, one of the better finishing teams in the league. James Harden is terrific. League average shooting at the rim is about 60%. Uh, if I pull up for you the Rockets team shooting numbers going into last night's game, which is really what's relevant, not, the, um, not what their numbers are uh, now because it has, I mean, our sample sizes are getting a little bigger, but they were so small there uh, for a while. But the Rockets came into the game uh, shooting at the rim 63.4%. Fourth best in the NBA. The Jazz came into the game defending at the rim, number one in the NBA at 52.7%. Okay, league average is 60, so the Jazz are dramatically better. They're number one, and the uh, Rockets are really good. The league average is 60, they're at 63. They shot 54% in the restricted area last night. So here's the Jazz holding the Rockets down six points below league average and eight points below their average. The Rockets are not great in the paint non-restricted area. They they shoot 35%, league average is 40, but the Jazz defense is great in that area. The old teams to 36% and the league average is 40. Last night they shot 29%. That's where Rudy Gobert just dominated James Harden and the Jazz wings as well. So again, we get to... Our best, our best is our defense, Rudy Gobert's defense, number three defense in the NBA going into last night against the number four offense in the NBA led by James Harden, and we were better. It's it's really awesome. This was an ass-kicking win by the Utah Jazz last night. Uh, a butt-whooping, sorry. I mean, this was not even close. And this was the Jazz at relatively full strength. And when somebody said that to Quinn before the game, he came unglued. Uh, like, wait, you're telling me that no Derek Favors and no Alec Burks? You're telling me it's full strength? And frankly, Rodney missed part of the game last night as well. And the Jazz were better, a lot better than the Rockets. Now, every day's got its own story, and every day's got its own makeup, and, you know, who knows? But that was as impressive as I've seen the Jazz all season, and particularly offensively. I brought this up in postcast, and I want to see if it makes sense. So I'd like to bring it up again. To me, what is most impressive about what I'm seeing from the Jazz right now in this win streak is that when they are playing a team that is not uh, particularly good uh, at one thing, they're dominating it. So, for example... If we just kind of run through who the Jazz are and what they who they've played recently, Denver is a not very good offensive team, but is a good defensive team. And so the Jazz defense was good enough that it completely crushed the Nuggets offense. Right? That was a great defensive win by the Jazz. Then The next team in after Denver was Atlanta, who's a great defensive team and a not very good offensive team. And again, the Jazz offense defense was so great that they took the weakness that was 
the Atlanta Hawks' weakness and crushed them. Okay? Uh, the So the Jazz defensive rating against Denver, again, let me give you these. League average is 103.7. Anything under 100 is brilliant defensively. Anything over 110 offensively is brilliant offensively. Okay, so right now in the NBA, I think there's two teams under 100 defensively for the season. But if you if you can do it every now and then, it's it's great. There's only one team. There's three teams. The Jazz are still. We're at 99.6. Offensively, there are four teams over 110. And the Warriors are on a different planet. So, again, we play Denver, who's not a very good offensive team. I don't know exactly what they're ranking, but they're ranking about 21st. And we're playing Atlanta, who ranks about 23rd. And what do the Jazz do? But they shut them both down defensively. They have a defensive rating of 85 against Denver and of 70.6 against Atlanta. Then we go play Minnesota, who is the 10th ranked offensive team in the game, but they're not good defensively. They're 22nd in the league defensively. And what do the Jazz do? They put up an offensive rating of 119. They hope Minnesota kind of commits their average offensively. Our defense was good enough to keep them at average. Um, Our defense probably has to get better against really good offensive teams. That's an area of weakness, I think, still for us. Uh, But we are good enough to crush them offensively. The Rockets come in, who are not a good defensive team. They came into the game uh, about 25th in the league uh, defensively. And what do the Jazz do but crush them offensively? So the fact that this team right now is good enough to beat you in either manner, offensively or defensively, if that is your weakness, is pretty terrific. And what gets interesting here is there just are not that many teams that are above average in both. So the amount of teams right now in the NBA that are above average in both offense and defense are the Clippers. They're fifth in offense and second in defense. The Jazz are tenth in offense and third in defense. The Warriors are first in offense, eighth in defense. The Hornets, who beat us, we weren't entirely healthy without George Hill uh, in that game, and were, uh, are 13th in offense and ninth in defense. The Bulls, who beat us, are seventh in offense and 10th in defense. And the Spurs, who we beat. Those are the only teams in the NBA that are above average both offensively and defensively. Spurs, Bulls, Warriors, Jazz, Clippers. Did I miss anyone? I don't think so. Clippers, Jazz, Warriors, Hornets, Bulls, Spurs. Yeah, that's it. Cleveland's 17th. Uh, Boston's 18th defensively. I assume both those will become above average at some point. But that's the elite of the league. And so the fact that Jazz can beat both those teams in that manner uh, tells you an awful lot about who they are right now. Uh, in the win streak, our, uh, we're not fortunate about turnovers. Our defense is not always great. Our defending of the shot is just awesome. Uh, there's only been, uh, there hasn't been anybody who shot 50% effective field goal percentage against us in this win, four game win streak. And nobody has, uh, we have shot over 50% effective field goal percentage, uh, in each game. Here's what gets even more exciting. A few guys are clicking in. 
Like, our offense has been sitting at 13th, 14th. If you listen to this podcast, I've kind of said this numerous times. Hey, wait a sec. If we're 13th or 14th and Gordon Hayward is shooting 24% from three and Trey Lyles comes into last, you know, last night coming into the game, Hayward shooting 26% from three, Lyles 25, and D out 20. Okay, well, Hayward's a career 36. Lyles is about a career 36. And Diaz a career 33. They're not staying there. And on the flip side, there's nobody who's astronomically off their numbers. George Hill's at 44. He was pretty close to that last year. Right? I mean, George Hill last year, and he's playing with better wing players other than maybe uh, Paul George. But last year, uh, he shot 41% from three. All right, so that could come down. A career high last year, 41% from three. So George Hill could drop a little. Rodney's at 37. That's his career number. Joe Johnson's at 40. That's kind of become his career number. Dante's at 28, probably right where he's going to be. Shelvin's at 31. That's right where he's going to be. Joe Ingles is at 38. That's his career number. Like, there's nothing. There's three guys that are vastly underperforming their offensive numbers, and the rest of them are within range. And yet, last night, all of a sudden, we saw it. Gordon Hayward goes three of six. Trey Lyles goes two of three. Okay, that's... that's a little absurd, and that's and when that's a little absurd, then their offensive rating is 132. That was the best offensive outing by the Jazz of any game all season long. The only other time the Jazz has ever been that good offensively was against the Knicks, which leads me to my next point. Now, it sounds very well organized, but I just stumbled upon this. The Jazz five games, we'll just do a little, we'll have a little fun here. We'll just add them up and pretend that all their possessions were the same. The Jazz five games in which they have had both George Hill and Gordon Hayward. The offensive rating is 115.46. That's Warriors good. Now, before we start going bananas here, let's make sure we look at who we play. We beat the Knicks, who uh, ranked 27th defensively. We beat Denver, who ranks 21st defensively. We beat Atlanta, who ranks number one. We beat Minnesota, that ranks 23rd. And the Rockets rank 26th. So it's, it's against, generally, four bad defensive teams. But in the four games in which George Hill and Gordon Hayward have both played, the Jazz... Offensive rating is 115.46. It's a little high. It's not, it's probably not indicative of what you're going to see for the entire season. But it tells you what kind of level is coming to. And I thought Shelvin, after the game with Jake Scott, said, hey, all of us are figuring out our roles. The defensive rating in the five games in which both George Hill and Gordon Hayward has played is 97.2. Here's here's where we stand. And then I'll get into some other stuff. Here's where we stand. Uh, The Jazz, all offseason, we talked about how good we might be, how this, how that we might be. Guess what? All of those things we wondered are taking place right now. We're seeing, still injured, still beaten up. We're seeing all the things uh, that matter, that make you believe this team's going to be great. I mean, this, is, this last night win was one that makes you think you're great. Today's show is uh, sponsored by My Simply Smarter. Uh, 
the National uh, Association for Child Development is a company out of Ogden, National Association for Child Development, started in 1979. So they have 37 years of understanding how brains work, how to improve the brain of every child, every individual. They have an online program called MySimplySmarter.com. And MySimplySmarter delivers personalized exercises that help you build a strong foundation for learning. All right, well, so what do you mean by that? So it helps your ability to focus, process, retain, and analyze information. How do you do that? It's an online program you can do anywhere you have a computer, 10 to 20 minutes a session, three sessions a week. Not a lot. Who's it best for? This is a great question. Kids with any learning challenges. This is really its core. Fastball down the middle. It hits it out of the park. Kids with any learning challenges. My Simply Smarter nails it. Typical kids who you want to have achieved to their ultimate potential, maybe refine a little bit, take them to the next level. They've got skills. Maybe something's impeding them a little bit. Boom. This one works well for them. And the really interesting concept is student-athletes. So if your brain works better, then your body works better. Brain's a, brain's, brain's a muscle. And so if your brain works better on the field, then you're going to end up doing a better job as an athlete. They've used it with Weber State's athletes to help them advance. They could work the same thing with your student-athlete. So MySimplySmarter.com. It's customized to each and every individual kid. You can be involved as a dad if your kids are struggling in school or on the court. MySimplySmarter.com, incredibly easy, affordable way to really help your kids improve, and they get emails sent to you so you know what's going on and you can stay engaged. Go to MySimplySmarter.com. The promo code is locked, and you get 20% off for life. 20% off for life with the promo code locked. All right, back to um, last night's game. Uh, There's so, so much to talk about. Uh and how good the Jazz were. But the big picture item, I think, I think I've gotten the message across. This is the game where you start to say to yourself, wow, we might be really good. Uh, here's some more reasons to think we might be really good. You start looking at three-man lineup data. And this gets a little. George Hill, Rodney Hood, Rudy Gobert on the floor together. Plus 14.5. Okay. Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood, Rudy Gobert plus 13. Joe Johnson, Rodney Hood, Rudy Gobert. The key is Rudy Gobert here, certainly. Plus 17. So all of those combinations with Rudy, big. Here's the, you start looking at what the Jazz are doing. So Rodney, the last two games before this, was kind of really focused defensively on Kyle Korver, and he he had a nice game defensively on the road in Minnesota against Zach Levine, even though Levine ended up scoring. Uh, and he didn't have great offensive games, and he hasn't been very sharp until the first half of last night, and the Jazz are fine because they're not relying on him every game. I mean, he came in, he was shooting 35, 17 of his last 48 last night, and five of his last 22 from three, so 35% and 22%, and yet the Jazz were winning. They never had that luxury before. If Rodney didn't perform, the Jazz lost. This is where we talked about narrowing the bell curve. Because if Rodney's bell curve was all over the place, every time he went on the lower end of the bell curve, you lost. With George Hill's out there, George Hill last night, he, I mean, George Hill's been amazing. Seven of the previous ten games, he dropped 20 points. Last night, he doesn't. Last night, he does not drop 20 points. He doesn't have a huge offense game. He works his butt off on James Harden. And Gordon Hayward and Rodney Hood carry the load. And Gordon's become amazingly consistent. Five straight games now of over 20. And when you have those things all going on, 
all of a sudden you have an ability um, to be able to, you know, withstand variance and win games. Joe Johnson's giving you 10 points, 12 points off the bench every night. Rudy Gobert's got four straight double-doubles and six of his last seven. Suddenly you've got this consistency in performance night in and night out. The, the amount of lineups, when you look at the three-man lineups, and, I, and I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to pick on that are negative, are few and far between. If we looked at the top, doing a little math here live on the air, it's never good. 34 lineups, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 are negative. So you look at the Jazz, top 34 three-man lineups. The only ones that are negative are Rudy Gobert, Rodney Hood, Trey Lyles. Interesting. It's probably getting better. Dante Exum, Rudy Gobert, Rodney Hood is negative too. Dante Exum, Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood is negative. It's probably the same variation. Dante Exum, Rodney Hood, Trey Lyles is minus 11. Dante Exum, Rudy Gobert, Trey Lyles is minus 1. So those are the only ones that are negative. Pretty awesome around-the-board performances. What we, what we anticipated would happen with this team is that you could start to get 48 minutes of solid basketball coming at you. Now, if Trey Lyles starts to shoot the ball well, they become unguardable. Then they suddenly have lineups across the board offensively that make them a top 10 team. Holy smokes, they're top 10 offensively and they're top 10 defensively right now with all these injuries. Guys, there's a chance. I mean, like right now is the day. I kind of tempered it in the offseason, but I mean, and, and it can, but right now they're good. And. If you listen to all the interviews I've done over the time with all these talk radio shows I do here locally, the number one thing I kept talking about was the fact that the Jazz have to get a win streak early. Well, there's four. Miami and Denver, the Lakers and Phoenix. There's a chance the Jazz have an eight-game win streak before they play the Warriors who will be on like an 18-game win streak. Now, I tried to look around today to temper enthusiasm. Strength of schedule for the Jazz right now is 16th in the league. It's not terrible. It's right on the middle of the line. It's probably right where you should be. So I don't have a lot of things to temper the enthusiasm. Same game, by the way, with lineup data. I probably should have done this tomorrow, but same game with lineup data. The starting lineup we've been using the last few nights with Boris Diaw has been great. It's plus 25. Plus 25? Are you kidding me? Um... The only negative ones, George Hill, Rodney Hood, Joe Johnson, Trey Lyles, Rudy Gobert. Interesting. Now, I'd be curious to dig into that one and see if it's gotten better as Trey makes some shots. Uh, Dante Exum, Rodney Hood, Gordon Hayward, Boris Diaw, Rudy Gobert. So, exact same as our starting lineup, but Dante instead of George Hill, minus 17.5. Dante Exum with Shelvin Mack, Joe Ingles, Trey Lyles, and Jeff Withy. Like, the, we're so damn injured, we got to throw this group out there, is minus 21. Uh, the Jazz actual real starting lineup with Derek Favors has only play, has played one game for 12 minutes, uh, and it was outscored by a point. No, actually, it was 
it was outscored by 26 to 23. Um, the only other negative one, but these have only played 12 minutes, of lineups that have played 10 minutes, is Dante Exum, Shelvin Mack, Joe Ingles, Trey Lyles, and Derek Favors. Okay. Like, fine. But when we have our primary guys on the floor, there's nothing that's negative. It's really incredible. Uh, the world is all about data. That is the new gold out there. And so because that's the new gold and everybody is got their information, then people are trying to go get the gold. So the gold rush is now a bunch of bad guys that are trying to breach your security to be able to steal your data, to steal your intellectual property, take financial information, credit card information, social security numbers, plans, whatever it might be. Now, what has been going on in the data world for most of the last decade is, well, we're going to protect the perimeter. We're going to protect the perimeter. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Data breaches have increased by 15% compared to the last six months when everyone's spending all of their money on that. Well, that's the wrong way to do it. So Dan Spence is the local sales manager for Jamalto, and Jamalto takes a different approach to this. This is why... Uh, Jamalto is a digital security leader, is they protect the breach. The breach is going to come, come on in. This would be the equivalent of, like, you allow, you know the robber's breaking in, they get into your garage, they don't get in your house, right? Like, and you take all your skis and bikes and stuff out of your garage. You know it's coming. So you know it's coming, and so you move stuff. You move it securely. You encrypt it, your data, your intellectual property. Then you secure and manage your crypto keys, and then you control access and protect identities for those people and you secure the access across your enterprise from networks and systems to mobile devices internally and externally. And things happen. Things happen. Mobile phones get lost. This, and you have a system that's in place. So when that happens, boom, people get fired. Boom, you get take care of it. This is what Jamalto is here for. Dan's local in Utah. He can be contacted by email or phone. So his email is dan.spence at jamalto.com and his phone is 801-540-3024. 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. And dan.spence at jamalto.com. Uh, I'm sure I have a million other things about last night's game uh, I want to touch on, but the NBA was big yesterday, and I will have tomorrow. Uh, the NBA was big yesterday, so I want to touch on some of those. So when we talked about the Grizzlies, and I think I talked about them yesterday, and we talked about the standings, I said nobody should be surprised about the Grizzlies' 11-7 and start. The question is just whether they can maintain it. And where they can stay healthy. And boom, here they are. They have uh, Mike Conley is out for up to six weeks. And as Peter Edmondson on Lockdown Grizzlies said yesterday, they will start the worst backcourt in the history of the NBA at the point guard position with Aaron Harrison and Wade Baldwin Jr. It might be Andrew Harrison. Um, It is Andrew Harrison. These guys aren't good. Uh, Wade Baldwin ranks last in points per possession of any point guard in the NBA right now. And Harrison is like, got, is maybe worse. He can't be, but he's close. So this is a real problem for the Grizzlies. I don't know if they're going to make a move. Peter gets into it in Lockdown Grizzlies about how they don't have anybody to release and uh, anything of, of that nature. Uh, so that's a huge story. Then last night's scores are kind of weird. San Antonio, which just kind of keeps rolling and then has these moments where they say to you, they suddenly come back and give you this moment where you're like, well, maybe they're not right. Last night was that moment. They, they lost 95-83 uh, 
to Orlando. The game wasn't particularly close. They're down 17. The only thing I would say on that, it's the first game back from an extended road trip. You know, we talk about schedule with us. we got to look at schedule. They played five of their last six on the road, which is really six straight road games. They came home for one, went back out. They were home for two days, uh, so they should have been rested. But you kind of look at that schedule. That's six straight road games. And arguably, they had played uh, kind of a brutal six games, six of eight on the road with only single home games, and they'd won all of them. So maybe uh, that's what grabbed the Spurs uh, there a little bit. I, I wonder a little bit, I was going to dig into this and check on the Spurs' strength of schedule and see if there's anything. I, I I'm just keep waiting for something to be, you know, I'm going to be wrong. I, I know that. Uh, they're 14-4 and four on the season. That's probably what I should look at. But there's their strength of schedule is eighth in the league. I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm just not the, I just don't totally buy it. Okay. Um, and some of the home losses are weird. They've lost to the Jazz, the Clippers, the Rockets, and now the Magic at home. Uh, their home wins are the Pelicans, the Pistons, the Heat, and the Mavericks. Like, they haven't beat anybody at home. It's really strange. Uh, and then there was other crazy games last night. And, uh, actually, the Jazz game was the only game that kind of went as you might anticipate. Detroit, with Reggie Jackson back, I believe, gets the, Detroit, keep an eye on them. They're, they were 9-11 and 11 without their... Uh, point guard, and actually Reggie Jackson did not play, so um, he's not all the way back. I thought he was back. They're still they're they're nine and ten without their point guard. I think we can attest to what it, what matters uh, to not having the point guard. Charlotte lost last night, ten and eight. I'm surprised Charlotte is just not winning more games. Clip, Clippers lost their third in a row in a double overtime loss to Brooklyn, one twenty seven, one twenty two, and Yadis Adetokounmpo went bananas, thirty four twelve last night, and beat Cleveland, one eighteen, one oh. One, surprise, Cleveland allowed 118 points. And then the Pelicans won their fifth straight at home, 105-88. So kind of weirdness. Uh, the standings here pretty soon matter. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're not quite there. The Jazz have played uh, 19 games. Detroit has played 19 games. A uh, bunch of teams are sitting at 18 games. A bunch of other teams are at 19. When er- Denver's only at 17. When we all hit uh, Dallas is only at 16. Lucky for them. Uh, lucky for them in the sense that they're so injured. So when everybody kind of hits 20, which does not all happen at one time, it actually is usually a pretty good indicator of at least on average seven of the eight playoff teams hold their spot, which is a lot. All right. Um, there's a lot. We get tomorrow. We'll get you ready. For, we'll do tomorrow and get you ready for Miami. Uh, as well. And I'll be tweeting a firestorm. Go watch the Periscope. Go watch the Periscope. It was awesome. I do anticipate having a locked on <clears throat> NBA today. I, yesterday I had internet problems in the house. Uh, for some reason my hard line is not working and my Wi-Fi is. If anyone's smart enough to tell me why that could possibly be happening, I would love to know. Um, I, w- I, w- I, w- I would be really interested if you're smart enough to tell me that. Today's show is brought to you by My Simply Smarter, promo code LOCKED. And from Jamalto, reach Dan Spence at 801-540-3024. Dan.spence at jamalto.com. If you'd like to advertise on Locked on Jazz, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. <clears throat> the Jazz, uh, Locked on Jazz for you is available. Audience, 97% men. 
mostly between the ages of 25 and 54 or the same percentage between 18 and 44, depending what you're looking for. Uh, look forward to having you a part of the program. It is Locked on Jazz, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.